What's so exciting about racing against the clock anyway? What's it prove? Well, it's like a runner trying to improve his time. He trains his body to get the most out of it. I work on this baby the same way, trying to get maximum performance. What's it mean if you don't beat anybody? But I do. I beat their time. Is that how you got cutie pie over there? By beating some guy's time? No. <laughs> You're not the type. You're uh, the all-American boy. A safety first Clyde. Are you trying to say something? I never try anything. I just do it. everybody welcome to generation lost the show about movies that doesn't take itself too seriously with Bryn and jeremy and we are here not taking ourselves seriously at all because we are under the boot of the dark council uh for yet another month um and we are in the middle of exploitation month yes which we just did Coonskin, we had to do a double feature, so we did Coonskin, and that just was just for scheduling official... reasons. Uh, yeah, but I feel like we should probably, I don't know, maybe give it a little bit more of a um, a fanfare, a little, little bit, bit more of fanfare. A, yeah, an so intro. It's, it's exploitation month. We're 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 watching. It, it seems like they really like plotted it out this time to like give us a a nice kind of like a an arc to the month so we start with they absolutely did they said specifically this is what they were doing yes we we start with coonskin as a sort of transition out of animation month into exploitation film month then this week we are doing faster pussycat kill kill which is just a straight you know classic 60s uh exploitation movie and Mm -hmm. then next week we are doing um what are we doing next week uh it's a, a a parody it's uh i'm gonna get you sucker oh yeah uh, so it's a parody of black exploitation movies and then we will end off by quote-unquote modern exploitation in uh crank to high voltage <laughs> um so it's kind of an interesting little history arc now i wanted to say when we and i mentioned this because i feel like we didn't like give it its own intro as a as a as a topic because we you know kind of had to do both movies had to end animation month and and begin this one but uh as a topic it's one of the genres of movies that i know the least about same um uh it was always something that i tried to sort of acclimate myself towards um but all of these movies just like all of like the big ones and whenever I'd watch them, I'd be like, this sucks. Like, I guess that's kind of <laughs> the idea. Good movie. Yeah. It's like, this is a boring, like I remember watching Superfly when I was in high school and being like, all right, let's see what black exploitation is about. And being like, this movie is boring <laughs> and yeah. doesn't really have good acting or story. Like I don't get what people were like, seeing in it right like so there's like, like 
there's like two ends of it because it's weird because it's like it feels like at times exploitation movie is like is a genre of movie in the same way that like grunge is a genre of music where like when you listen to like five grunge bands you can find like five completely different bands and you're like you don't sound like the same kind of band (laughs) at all more more so more so like shoegaze well shoegaze at least is like there's like a set of like, you know, big pedal board. You know, you're not a shoegaze band if you don't have a big pedal board. You're not a shoegaze band. Like, I, I guess it's more like, um, like, I feel like grunge is always a good example of it. And like indie rock is a good example of it. Oh, yeah. Just like a huge um, umbrella of like, you're white. Yeah. It's, it's more of like aesthetic qualities. It's more of like time period qualities. It's more of like. Sure presentational qualities and i guess that's really the thing presentation is the big thing with exploitation movies it's like these are like grindhouse movies these are movies that had like small releases in shitty theaters right like that's kind of the main hallmark of these Mm -hmm. um Um, so it's it's always been really hard for me to like get my mind around why people watch these and what they're what they really even are so i feel like this is a really good one to really sink our teeth into because it's like i feel like it's a quintessential one um one of one of the very maybe not first but like one that really kind of solidified like the cult classic grindhouse thing Mm -hmm. um so i'm excited to talk about it yeah um but again it's like there's so many different kinds it kind of feels like we can't even help but just scratch the surface a little bit because like even this week knowing that we were going into like kind of this uh this episode of faster pussycat and being like okay we're doing just like straight up classic era exploitation movie i was like maybe i'll try to watch an exploitation movie as my like second movie but then i like i had um i had blackula pulled up and i just (laughs) Uh like sat here like for the whole day just like I had the time. I was like, I could turn it on. And I just kept being like, it was daunting. It was so daunting. And I just ended up being like, I'm not watching this. I can't do it. I mean, even with this movie, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> like just getting it on. Yeah. I, I just, I, I really, I'm always thinking they're going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like bad vibes, unwatchable. And the thing um, is, it feels like these are just like wildly influential movies in the same way that like, like so much of like it's something you encounter a lot being into like punk and hardcore where like somebody will be like this sure. band is so fucking important and so influential and like all of these other bands just love this band and then you go and listen to them and it's like the worst thing you've ever heard <laughs> and you're like I can see where the roots are and whatever and I can understand it intellectually and I bet if I was there at the time like this would have Maybe. been really special to me but mm-hmm. like now it's definitely like it's definitely like that in metal where it's just like you listen to like a great black metal band and they're just like, yeah, but really it's all about, you know, whatever dark throne or Burzum or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. It's and black metal is a perfect and example. Like, this <laughs> is dog shit. It literally sounds like somebody's holding a vacuum up to a microphone and that's like <laughs> what the recording sounds like. And you're just like, Oh, I guess I can kind of hear a drum in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah and it like doesn't sound menacing or dark or it just sounds stupid yeah uh and i get 
I, I've like gone back and listened to early mayhem or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, I get that if I'd never heard anything like this, I might be like, wow. Fun and I bet like music. being in the room with it is probably pretty cool. Yeah. But all that stuff really suffers from bad recordings. Yeah. All of early black metal is just like and dog I've, shit recordings. And there's lots of great stuff that came out of it. Um, that are that is recorded well but i really hate the like the the worship of bad recording mm-hmm. that has like kind of like creeped in with the, with black uh, black metal and that feels very analogous to how grindhouse and and exploitation movies did influence stuff where it's like you don't have to write it poorly. You don't have to shoot it poorly. <laughs> like yeah. you don't have to get non-actors just no, kind of feel you're like you're influence um, influenced by this. In some ways, it feels like like Quentin Tarantino is such a good uh, a, a good example to follow. You know, where it's like yeah. he loves this kind of shit because he was there at the time and this is the stuff that he was into and whatever. Yeah, and he was super influenced by it and it's all over his work but then he elevates it and turns it into something else that's like cooler and better you know (laughs) whether or not you like him you know you at least like watch it and you're like you made it a good movie (laughs) you made a real movie (laughs) uh yeah so it's been interesting these past two movies where we talked about coonskin which is a i think it's an interesting one to start on because like we talked about last episode, it's, it's, you kind of have to recommend it because it's so strange and interesting. And I think it's because it's such a big swing, you know, like it is an exploitation movie and it is like referencing black exploitation movies, but it's like, it's an animated movie and they, they did something really strange and different Mm -hmm. that like no one had really tried before. Um, And even it's when it's not, entirely successful you gotta you gotta see it um and we'll, we'll see how that goes <laughs> uh for the rest of these um but i'm yeah before we get there we should also talk about what we usually talk about which is what else we watched this week so jeremy what did you watch this week thank you for asking Bryn. you're welcome this week i watched the 2022 biographical drama film Elvis <laughs> <laughs> directed by Boz Lerman directed by Boz Lerman uh starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks ah uh, yes Austin Butler um, he's like a new guy right like they found him to play Elvis he is yeah I, I think he's in some other shit before this but I mean he definitely like is getting his big break in this sure um yeah, because before this, he's he has like I think a small part in um, he's a small part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and mm. then before before that, I think the most uh, notable thing I can see him in is Yoga Hosers. Oh, really? Kevin Smith gave him his big break, <laughs> and then he's got a lot of like one, like one episode things in um on law and TV order shows. or whatever yeah carrie diaries he's in 26 episodes switched at birth he's in 14 episodes <laughs> life unexpected <laughs> he's at 10 episodes it's just a bunch of shows that didn't go anywhere so it seems like this is his big break mm-hmm. oh ned's declassified school survival guide he's in 41 episodes uncredited <laughs> what <laughs> 
they didn't credit him wow, for being that's tough. a main character. <laughs> that's pretty tough. Zippy Brewster, yeah, uncredited. Um, that's a shame, Austin. You got to get a better agent. You got to um, get a better agent. So anyway, so Elvis uh, is the new Baz Luhrmann joint. It is. I remember when we watched the trailer for it, and we had this whole really long riff about how. Like, even though Baz Luhrmann is kind of a hack and he's kind of insane and his movies are just kind of ridiculous, big, gaudy turkeys, um, (laughs) you kind of... Yes, I hate the man. I think he has made mostly, well, only uh, terrible, (laughs) unwatchable dreck. So, so, but, but, but with that in mind, we were saying if there's anybody who's going to capture, like, the the um like the lovecraftian horror that is like the horniness that women were feeling for elvis at the time like it kind of is baz Luhrmann. there's nobody else who's going to be able to really capture like just how psychedelic the experience of being horny for the first time has to be um and and i will say i think he did a great job i think it's a really good movie (laughs) it's a really good movie it's fucking psychotic (laughs) <laughs> it's so insane and I think I saw a a letterboxd review that put it pretty well that Baz Luhrmann directed the first ever two and a half hour music video uh, and then somebody else <laughs> said he did a two and a half hour trailer and I think both of those are pretty accurate it kind of just <laughs> well, like he usually does a two and a half hour music video that's like yeah, the whole thing well it kind of just like keeps this like level of intensity and this level of like snappiness and like move it forwardiness throughout the whole thing that just is like mm-hmm. pretty exhausting and pretty that, intense that's why um, all of his movies are like that his movies like, are like that ever, um, did you ever watch the get down no but i saw like, i've seen romeo and juliet i've seen like moulin rouge and stuff it's very in the spirit of his works um i will say yeah. it's 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 very much that style of movie it's so campy that like the idea like i literally finished watching the movie and i googled is baz lerman gay (laughs) there was like just that day his daughter had like had some statement where she's like i can't believe people think my dad is gay (laughs) i can't believe it how could you not think your dad is gay watch any of his movies um (laughs) have you seen anything he's made yeah have you met him uh so (laughs) i'll say uh elvis is like really campy it's really gaudy it's really over the top um Mm -hmm. but like i think it's a baz lerman movie it's a baz lerman movie but i think like in some ways i think the world has kind of become I don't want to say like <laughs> I don't want to say he was ahead of his time and the world has finally caught up to him because it's not accurate. I think if That's anything like the world has gotten to a place where it is more ready to be receptive to Baz Luhrmann where I think like movies now get so boring and like so wishy-washy and so safe and like I think like stuff is at a place now where like 
I kind of appreciate how fucking over the top and insane this is because you're just like, yes, it's the Elvis movie, baby. <laughs> like, go nuts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fucking beat me over the head with it. And I appreciate that, like, Baz Luhrmann is the kind of guy who is willing to make the whole crux of the movie, like, the mm-hmm. struggle between Elvis wanting to give the people what they want and the people not being ready to get what they want. It's literally like from the get go, it's just like he comes out, he like thrusts his dick at these ladies and they go too insane. <laughs> and everybody's like, no, you can't be that. You can't be that sexy on stage. And he's like, all right, I guess Stop. I'll try not to. And then he tries not to for a little while. He's like, oh, but I can't. And he just does it again. <laughs> like that's I can't even I can't even stress to you that it's literally like, a f- it's like a f- like a like a, a five act movie where each one has the exact same <laughs> structure of just like Elvis gets too sexy and everyone's like you got to stop and he's like no all right <laughs> <laughs> and then finally Not the last to- one is like he gets on too much drugs <laughs> and they're like <laughs> oh i can't be sexy anymore and they're like i guess you got to die now <laughs> <laughs> You're too. You were too sexy, Elvis. You're too sexy for this world, Elvis. <laughs> so it's, you're saying you're trying to tell me a straight man made a movie about how sexy a guy is that he had to stop and then die. <laughs> Especially like how they style him and stuff. He's like he's in like pink lacy shirts all the time and like covered in <laughs> makeup and like and they. I mean. Listen, Baz Luhrmann films a man the way that Quentin Tarantino films a foot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate I, I I'm sorry to Baz Luhrmann's daughter if this is offensive to you. Your dad is gay. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is definitely gay. Look at him. I'm looking at pictures of him on Google right now. Um <laughs> That is a gay man. He's wearing a pearl necklace in his Wikipedia picture. <laughs> He's wearing a leather blazer and a pearl necklace. Come on, man. This is a black sequins turtleneck. <laughs> this is a man with no personal life section of his Wikipedia. <laughs> he has a, his first movie was in 1992. He has a 30-year career and no personal life section. <laughs> Uh, this, that is it's a so, down low gay man. <laughs> yeah, he's married to a woman named Catherine Martin. Mm, what does Catherine uh, Martin oh, look like? Uh, <laughs> does she look like a Barbie doll? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, she's a costume designer. Oh, no she's kidding. Fi- <laughs> she's 58. Wow, so he gets to look at all these cute little like uh, like outfits and stuff all the mm-hmm. time. You know, it was really weird. When I saw the Phantom Thread, I was like, this character is supposed to be gay, right? And then he isn't. And I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, Baz um, Luhrmann is gay. Gotta be. Impossible to not be. Impossible um, to not be. Just admit it. Tell uh, your so daughter. I'm not going to watch it because I think my thing is like, like when I watch the get down, the get down is about like the invention of hip hop in the Bronx in the seventies, mm-hmm. um, which is like such a cool idea for a show. And like from the trailer, it just had all this potential to be something really interesting. And then I realized Boz Lerman was involved in directing every episode. And it's like the thing he does that just pisses me off is that he won't let 
a scene breathe? Yeah, for like then you're gonna even hate a second. This movie because nothing breathes. It is it, suffocatingly it, fast. It like won't let me enjoy anything. Like nope. that every moment has to just be undercut by a different scene. Um, well, this I will say, it's I, infuriating. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that the scenes undercut each other in this. I think rather like it just has a frantic pace because like of the build because it's like supposed to feel like Elvis is just like out of control growth, you know? And then once mm. we get to the, the peak and the downfall, it slows down a lot. And that's an interesting thing. Like it's the, the beginning of the movie, like, there's a million like crazy fun transitions between scenes where like, I think like nine different times you see like a roulette wheel turn into a spinning car tire. Like (laughs) it's just like over and over and over and over again. It's just like going between stuff, like having fun, like text things to like tell you where you are and stuff. And like, and it's just like moving super fast as he's growing and, and like the myth of him is getting bigger and bigger. And then like once he gets on drugs and gets stuck in Las Vegas, it just like slows down and like everything is just like more excruciating and more annoying and more upsetting. <laughs> and like I, I I think it's like intentionally that way. But I do think, though, if you get upset yeah. at Baz Luhrmann's frantic uh, bullshit uh, you're probably not going to like it. However, I would recommend at least watching the first hour. So um, I guess, I guess, like, I can kind of imagine because, like, it doesn't bother me in Casino. Like, mm-hmm. Casino is a movie that's just like scene, scene, scene because it's like building and we're explaining and and you know it's funny and it's paced fast and that doesn't really bother me because the moments that do get intense and heavy. Uh, he allows to like have time to like mm-hmm. think about. Um, but Boz Lerman has always, he just like, it's like, he's afraid of you feeling anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Except I don't think for that's... like, so, so if, if, the, if it's just like a, and then this happens and then this happens like that, I can kind of imagine it working. Um, but I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to try. Yeah, I don't think that's the problem with it. I think, like, when stuff gets emotional, he gives it to you. I think, if anything, one of the troubles with it is that because everything happens so fucking fast, like, you, like, miss stuff before it happens. So when you get to the emotionally weighty parts, you're kind of like, oh, wait, what? Like, mm. his, <laughs> his like, descent into drug use just, like, happens really rapidly, and then suddenly his wife is leaving him, and you're like, oh... Oh, I kind of what? feel like, and, and like you get some time with it. And like, he really has a couple of scenes that are really upsetting and really good. Like there's a great scene where they're like on an airplane tarmac and he's like dropping off his daughter with his ex-wife. Um, and they really let that sit for a while and that's upsetting. But like the whole thing mm. is kind of just like, I don't know, like she just kind of leaves him out of nowhere. They don't really like build on that very much. But it's also right. like, I don't know, it's 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 already a two and a half hour movie and there's so much shit that happens <laughs> in his life that you're kind of like, I don't know, like, it doesn't feel like they waste too much time on anything is the thing. So it's not like there's anywhere that you can cut. Right. Um, I at least recommend watching the he's white scene is so fucking funny. I've seen that scene. Where they like hear the really song funny. on the radio <laughs> and they're like, and he's the white. <laughs> he's white. 
he's white. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Uh, also, it's Tom Hanks is thing. dog shit in it. It's like one of the worst performances I've ever seen from him. It's not funny. It's just weird. It's super weird. But I guess it's okay. sort of supposed to be because he's kind of a con man and like his whole life is a lie and everything he tells everybody is a lie. So like his weird fake... Uh, Southern accent. It's like, well, that's the thing is like, it's sort of a Louisiana accent, but he's Dutch. So it kind of sounds sometimes (laughs) like he's German and like, it's just kind of like veers in and out of stuff. And so I'm like, maybe that's just what the dude sounded like. I don't know. Mm. But I do kind of think if he had just played it more straight, it would have been better if he just did his regular voice. I didn't really care that he was Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it seems kind of fun. Is he gay in that movie? Is Tom Hanks Tom Hanks, no. Oh, I mean, he's okay. not anything, I don't think. He's kind of... He's sexless? He's just kind of like a... He's he, like Jiminy Cricket? He's just a vampire <laughs> is the thing. He's oh, just okay. is like a vampire in Elvis's career, constantly forcing him into like more and more shitty situations. <laughs> um, That's funny. And the whole thing is that like Elvis never tours internationally because his manager is like a con artist who has no actual identity, so he doesn't have a passport but he keeps like convincing him of different reasons why he can't tour internationally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, what did you watch this week? All right. Uh, I watched a couple things that I've been meaning to talk about for a while now. Mm. Um, we don't have much time, so I'll try and <laughs> squeeze it in here. Um, first thing I wanted to talk about was Skin mm. Uh Finally watched Skin Uh I was very afraid to watch that movie. Um, it looked very scary. And I knew that if I watched it by myself in the dark or whatever, like if I went to the theater, I would have been scared. Um, so I watched it in the lights with my friend, two like two of my friends. Um, and it was not scary. As a matter of fact, it's quite boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, it's like it's a weird movie because I know that I, I would, I personally would have been more scared if I, if I watched it a different way like even watching it in the light like i was like kind of like covering my eyes a little bit like i didn't want to see certain things um and it it's such a huge attempt at something and is successful in so many ways um but like it's hard to describe how little happens in the movie like (laughs) even the things that like if you've seen the trailer, that's just the movie. Like there's no other stuff. Like you almost never see the children's faces at all. Mm-hmm. Like it's like just watching the trailer. Like there's just shots of the like I would say forty percent of the movie is shots of the ceiling. <laughs> like it, it's it's a lot of nothing uh-huh. with like weird noises and television static and whispering. Um, and it's, it's not super long, but it feels really long. Um, and then there's like two main scary sections where the voice says to come upstairs and then like the mom is like sitting on the bed, but you don't see her. She's like facing away and then he makes him like look under the bed or whatever. And it's very scary. Like there's scary stuff that happens in the movie, but then like the interstitial stuff is just so nothing mm-hmm. um and i think the biggest problem with the movie is that they 
they do the the biggest scary moments are undercut by jump scares like real cheap like early 2000s like loud noise and like a thing moves uh-huh. you know like it that like when you watch it outside of the context is like almost laughable because like nothing it's nothing scary like one of the big moments in the movie is like the little kid is trying to call 911 and then like the thing changes the phone into like a toy phone mm. and then for like functionally no reason its eyes like roll back in its head and like rings really loud like at the camera it's just to like give you a jump scare yeah and it's like why are you undercutting this like really atmospheric extremely well done scary presence uh, about what appears to be about like child abuse and like you know two kids who are unable to trust their parents to be not violent monsters Mm -hmm. it's kind of like what the movie seems to be about and then just undercutting that with like spooky phone (laughs) like why Uh oh Uh, yeah, and my, my sort of takeaway from it was that it was just this really incredible thing to try, and then it's really cool. It's, like, just such a huge swing, and it kind of, like, functions, but doesn't, like, really stick the landing at all, um, and purposefully undercuts itself by, like, using stupid, like, jump scares. Um, That's all I really wanted to say about it. Mm-hmm. It's... Would you recommend it's, it? Not really. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a... No, I, I don't think so. It's unfortunately not really worth watching. Um, it's like a too long YouTube scary short, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. Like, I, I've, I have friends who saw it and were very scared by it. And if you are very scared by it, it is an interesting like movie about that and it's like it's just all tone and if tone is something that resonates with you you're gonna have a good time being scared i guess if that's what you want Mm -hmm. uh but otherwise it it won't so you it's one of these movies you just have to give more to it you have to bring more to it than is actually there i think Hmm. um the other thing i wanted to talk about I probably shouldn't talk about anything else because we have to get into faster pussycat kill kill. But uh, this is a while ago, but I've started watching the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh. Uh, ex- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why? <laughs> I really don't know. I, was I thought you guys with- were trying to do all the um, all the Kubrick movies. <laughs> what happened to that? Oh, we watched most of them. Oh. Um, I just didn't talk about them. Uh yeah, we watched almost all the Kubrick movies. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we uh, watched... Uh, my friend is like really into Lord of the... Or like was really into Lord of the Rings and loves them a lot. Mm-hmm. And we were just having a conversation about like what I've found like bad about them because I've, I've never liked them. <laughs> uh, I read the books when I was a kid just to like try to figure out what my sister was into about them. And just like found them really dry and boring. Um, and watched the movies 
I watched the first movie extended cut, like the three and a half hour one, uh, and found that I really enjoyed it this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched the two towers extended cut, which is like four hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and found that I was having a good time with it too. Uh, really? They're long, they're long, really weird movies that I think have like a, are, are hangout movies. Like if you yes. just want to be in the world, you're going to be they pretty deep in that They are big time hangout world. movies and they're great like both movie hangout, like movie world hangout and IRL hangout. Like they're great yeah. like get up, make yourself something to eat and come back movies, you know? I think the big problem is like I watch Fellowship with my boyfriend and my friend and they both like my boyfriend has read the Silmarillion. Mm. <laughs> like he knows Sad. about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> she has too. My friend Allison has also like just knows mm. everything, all the things. I was watching this movie for like the third time and I still didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. I do think that the movie is bad mm-hmm. in the sense that onboarding a new person is just not a consideration. Just shit happens where it's like, oh, and of course, Elrond, he, well, he's the, you know, he's the guy who, not Elrond, I don't even know their names or whatever, Elrond but like, <laughs> Elrond is the, uh, the, the elf. Yeah, he's, he's Agent Smith. Elf. Yeah. Yeah, he's Agent Smith. Um, but it's like, Aragorn is the heir to some castle later, and like, this is that other in the guy, first one? In the first one, they talk about he like that? sees the he's like they're at Rivendale and he sees the sword and he's like, This is the sword. And then Boromir, who's apparently been taking care of Gondor for a long time, like is like has a problem with him like trying to be the king and he's like, I don't even want to be the king. Like, but it's not explained that he, any of that is like what's going on. They're mm. just like like somebody offhand is like, Yeah, Boromir is Gondor's uh uh that's funny ward yeah i don't really remember any of that shit i just like i (laughs) i know it's funny i really remember the first one being like a pretty easy one to follow and then after that getting really confused by the second and third right well once they go to like rohan and there's like all the other stuff going on with a different king and stuff it i find it so impenetrable but having friends there to watch it with me and explain and like i was like literally pausing i'm like what does that mean and they were like telling me what <laughs> happens then i was like this is a fun movie see and i, I feel had fun like with it. the other way to enjoy these movies is my way where you're kind of like head empty just kind of following the basic <laughs> beat of it like you don't really care like when stuff happens you're just kind of like okay you know <laughs> like when like well, i find that very boring like the problem is is that i until i really understood the mechanics of how the ring worked that's one of the big things oh that yeah i have no me. clue as far as i'm concerned <laughs> the ring just makes you invisible that's all i know that it does it kind of does but it <laughs> it's so complicated and then also when you use it everybody can like smell it and that's the other right. thing. But like, but th- this is my it, thing. It, is, is it changes it, depending on how pure your heart is. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> that doesn't mean shit to me. No, it makes you invisible and it makes all the little the little ghost guys come to you. But like my feeling the is race, yeah. when we're talking about hangout movies, like I like that you can hang out in the world. I also like that like I can get up, go make myself a snack, leave it playing, come back 
and mm-hmm. like not much has happened, I can still get back into the story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I like that you don't have no, to totally. give a shit about all that stuff. You can just get the basic beats mm. of like he's got to take the ring to the place. They're taking another ring to the place, and there's some st- stuff that's gonna happen. And like if you hear the music start to pick up, you run back to the TV. But like, <laughs> otherwise, like you're okay to go go you know microwave some pizza or whatever. Right. Well, I'm going to watch Return of the King, which is four hours long. Christ. And then we'll talk about that next episode. <laughs> uh, and I, I've got a lot more to say about like generally what I think people like about them mm. uh, and why I have them too autistic to like them. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's been an interesting little path. I wrote a long letterbox about the first one. Um, so if you're interested in that, go look at that. Uh, so let's get to our feature presentation. Our feature presentation as you've said as we've said is a uh, faster pussycat kill kill from 1965 directed by russ meyer uh some sort of freak produced by russ also- meyer and his wife <laughs> eve meyer uh russ meyer um he's a he's a um an exploitation softcore porn director uh yeah he makes uh after this he makes mondo topless uh he did <laughs> Which is like one he of the also, funniest names of a Mondo movie. Um, Mondo Topless. <laughs> Mondo Topless. Uh, he also uh, is the director of Who Killed Bambi, the uh, the unreleased Sex Pistols movie. Uh, the un- mm. I should say unreleased and also unmade. They like were in production for it and then stopped. What was doing it called? It. Uh, Who Killed Bambi? Who Killed Bambi? What was it about? Don't oh, know. The sex pistols. Um, the idea. The sex pistols were in it. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a hard day's night, but with the sex pistols. And like, <laughs> why you would know, anyone like, want that? Well, I mean, it was supposed to be like subversive and whatever, and like, oh, fucking the Beatles, they suck or whatever. We hate, uh, them. We hate the fucking Beatles. The Beatles. <laughs> and um, and and I guess like Malcolm McLaren, like his checks were bouncing and everybody walked off. Uh, and so they never actually made the movie. Mm. Um, and then the other interesting thing about Russ Meyer is that his fucking tombstone says King of the nudies. on it. King of the nudies. Russ Meyer, King of the nudies. I was glad to do it. Film, film producer and director. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, he also uh, was friends with Roger Ebert. Yes, who wrote Roger Ebert beyond the Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? Yes, and Roger Ebert was the co uh, screenwriter on um, Who Killed Bambi. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he and only had did, never heard I of think... the Sex Pistols before. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, he yeah, famously only wrote like one movie, I think, and it was Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, shouts yeah, out. Apparently, <laughs> shouts out to Roger Ebert, um, <laughs> the original Inter- horny little monster. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so? I just I love that he, that that's like he's like the most respectable you know film critic in the industry. Everybody like you know loved Roger Ebert, and then like his one movie is with this fucking pervert Russ Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a weird. So he he was originally like a. Uh, Oof. He he was originally uh like a porn director. Like mm-hmm. he he 
he did something called the Immortal Mr. Tease, which is considered one of the first nudie cuties, which uh, I guess was like not a porn movie. Is that the idea that it's like kind of a softcore thing where it's just like lots of bitches get naked in this, but it's they don't. It's not a porn movie. Like you can watch it in a regular theater or something. I guess nudity section of the Wikipedia. The Immortal Mr. Tease was the first American quote above ground movie since the pre-code early sound era to show female nudity. Without the pretext yeah. of naturism. It's considered to be the first commercially viable American quote skin flick. It popularized the nudie cutie genre. Um, yeah. Wild gals of the naked West. Even the handyman. So it's just like excuses to make like quote unquote real movies that you can jerk off to. Yeah. I would have appreciated a few more nudie cuties in this movie. I'll be honest. So with you, you wanted to see <laughs> 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 Really? Yeah. That's how you feel, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie is uh um so so this movie um is I think was not successful, was not something that like put him on the map or anything. This nope. was just one of the other this was in nineteen sixty five, so fifteen years after he started doing just like skin flicks or whatever. But I guess at some point he just like kept making movies. This is like right after this, like you said, it was Mondo Topless. Um, did he ever have a hit? Like was like Amazon Woman on the Moon like a big deal or something? I mean, he, I guess he like made movies, right? Like Amazon Woman on the Moon was 1987. And like, or wait, is he even involved? How is he involved in this? I mean, oh, I think a, all these movies a, made some, actor in that. some money, you know, like, because, uh-huh. I mean, it says in his, I mean, Black I re- Snake? in his Wikipedia, it says, like, he 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 was pretty rich. <laughs> like, there's somewhere in here, oh, it really? says, like, um, he owned the rights to nearly all of his films and spent the majority of the 80s and 90s making millions reselling his films on home video and DVD says later years despite hardcore pornographic films overtaking Meyer's softcore market share he retired from filmmaking in the late 1970s a very wealthy man yeah so i don't know where uh, the money came from necessarily but i think he just like i mean i think back then like you could just like fucking like the the studios just paid you to make movies for real you know it wasn't like you, you didn't <laughs> you have to make, make hits money. you could just make movies <laughs> uh yeah so I guess he was never like a household name or anything. He never had like cultural impact that was like, wow, this movie made a big, was a big splash or I mean, whatever. I think this is, no, no, no. Cultural impact is different. I think this movie does have some pretty major cultural impact. But later. But later, yeah. And and certainly. And he was alive to see some of it. Yeah. Um, Right. So let's get into the movie. Uh, The movie is not much happens. Uh, the way I started thinking about this movie is that it's functionally Texas Chainsaw Massacre if mm-hmm. Leatherface was a hot bitch. Yes, uh, and, and, and Texas and, Chainsaw and Massacre main... is an exploitation <laughs> movie. It's it's kind of considered a grindhouse classic, you know? Interesting. I mean, um, it's like, uh, it's the first slasher, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the first horror movie. Um, and it's like, that kind of breaks off into its own genre. Yeah. Um, because it's all, it's not sexy. It's all scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is a sort of sexy, scary. Yeah. So it's what if what if Leatherface was hot and also like never actually like killed anybody in like a scary way? What if 
What if it just kind of sucked? <laughs> what if it? Yeah. What if she's just kind of a bitch? What if she could just kind of karate chop? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but the the opening I thought was I was really worried watching the opening because it's so nonsensical and strange. Mm-hmm. Um. But they're just like go-go dancers and then they're just like racing around the California desert. Um, just fucking around, I guess just like playing chicken and yelling at each other or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's these three women, uh, their names are Billy, Rosie and Varla. Varla is the clear leader. Yep. Uh, Billy is a dumb blonde who is annoying and calls people slim. Um, and, and then Rosie, Rosie is, is a uh, Spanish or something. Yeah, she's some a, kind of ethnic. A, I think she might be. She <laughs> might be supposed to be Italian, but she is in real life Filipina. Oh, okay, she's Filipina. Um, but that's definitely so, not yeah, what the accent just, is supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it's it's an. She's accent. some kind of smarmy. Uh huh. And so they are hanging out, and then they come, they come across a guy and his girlfriend doing speed trials in the desert. Okay, so um, so the beginning part. We see them kind of fucking around. It's very obvious, like what the what what the camera is making us believe, right? Which is that these are beautiful women with huge titties. Very <laughs> clear focus on all this, and then yep. this guy pulls up, and um, she uh, Varla says some sort of a line about like hourglasses. And then his girlfriend comes out of the car and she's like, did somebody say something about my figure? And like the camera does a <laughs> brum, 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 sort of thing. Right, uh, and which is how the is, music is the whole time. It is, yes. And she is a child. She is a small child. <laughs> yeah, she's 16 She's in this movie. 16 years old, visibly very 16. There is something very affirming uh, as an adult person when you watch a movie like this. Because like, you don't really come across 16 year olds very much in your life anymore. And it's, <laughs> it's nice every so often to just kind of have the nice little reminder, like, that's right. I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> if you were worried. <laughs> well, you don't come across them very much. And then you see her there and you're like, Oh, that's a child. Whoa. That's a baby. <laughs> Why Put am I seeing this? On. <laughs> um yes she looks very young um and the movie is like kind of tease like seems to be like the movie knows that she's young Mm -hmm. because later when the lecherous freak who's trying to fuck her everyone like varla's like do you know what he you know what he is and you're like still defending him like she's grossed out that she wants that the guy wants to fuck her even though she wants to just kill her for no reason yeah (laughs) uh the morality is uh is a little all over the place but it definitely i don't know it's it's i feel like this movie kind of has wants to have its cake and eat it too with that because it does have her in a bikini the whole movie Mm -hmm. um but they're definitely not sh- shooting her the way they shoot Varla. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like there's no like tit shots of there's her. There's just really. the first one. There's the initial one where you're supposed to be like hubba hubba. I guess, but like she just kind of comes out and stands like an anime character. Like, sure, she's, like, but the misty, camera you know? does like a like a like a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
But then after that, it like treats her very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I respect it for at least not doing that to her. Um, she's sort of the innocent here. Um, and they fuck, basically they fuck with them and challenge them to a race. They beat them at the race. And then they're like, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, yeah, I'll get out of here. And then punt, they get in a fight. And then like, Varla kind of beats him fair and square and she's like, leave. And he's like, okay. And then he punched, he like sucker punches her and then she kills him. Yeah. And I feel like that's set up to be like, who can say if this was actually bad for for her to do? But I mean, it is like she, she kills him for no reason. For no reason. And, 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 just in case you're wondering if you haven't seen the movie uh, if you're wondering if you want to watch the movie uh when we say she kills him we mean she holds his arms back and steps on him and that kills him (laughs) (laughs) yes uh all of the violence in this movie is very tame um and cheesy yeah uh they clearly didn't have a lot of money and so they didn't really try. She just has magic karate cops, karate chops that kill people. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, two people get, or maybe three people get straight up run over by a car. And that's also very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, there isn't like buckets of blood. You're not going to, yeah, don't worry about the violence. Uh, everything else I can't say don't worry about. But <laughs> um, so yeah, so they kill this guy and then they kidnap the girl. Um, And it, and like, so far, there's no inciting incident. They're just f- crazy people. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's nothing that like makes them be like this or anything. It's like I was gonna compare it to <laughs> Spring Breakers, but at least Spring Breakers has like Spring Break. They have some. <laughs> <laughs> at least there's there like the conceit of like we want to go on Spring Break and we can't afford it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, straight up, they're already on their Spring Breakers rampage when we meet them. (laughs) So they go to the gas station to fill up their cars. um, And the the guy who fills up the gas tells them uh, that the guy uh, who lives up on this hill or whatever, he got a bunch of money for being in a railway accident and becoming disabled. Um, so he's in a wheelchair and he has a gazillion dollars and Varla's like, we should rob that guy. <laughs> we, we should rob this disabled man <laughs> uh, for some reason. Um, and so they do, they go to the ranch. Um, they meet the, their, um, who has two sons. One is a huge uh, reference to uh, grapes of wrath, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just a big idiot. Who oh, not grapes sort of, of wrath. You mean um, of mice and men? Of mice and men. Excuse me. Uh, of mice and men. Or is there a big and, idiot in Grapes of Wrath too? I guess I don't actually know. I guess I don't know. Um, I've not read either of those books and I don't care. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's that kind of guy. He's just a huge muscular guy who doesn't have a brain. And then the other son is a normal guy named Kirk. Um, he's just a quiet, sort of nice person i guess not really clear what his angle is um but immediately 
I don't know what their plan is here. Like their their plan is just like go be intimidating and and annoying until like they find the money. <laughs> yeah. I, like yep. exactly <laughs> they're not right. like they're not like there's no plan. Like they're not like we're gonna pretend to be this kind of relate there's nothing like they just go there excuse me sir we're here to sell vacuums nothing like that (laughs) yeah nothing they don't and then and then they just have this like victim with them who's tied up and they're like you have a seems to be a child in distress with you (laughs) and they're like haven't really thought about that and varla's like she's sick her 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 boyfriend died in an accident, and now she's just crazy. She went nuts. Yeah, and, um, and they're they're really banking on the fact that this old man is just like irreparably horny for this underage girl, and they're just like, well, we'll just keep her around, and he'll stay distracted enough for us to find <laughs> the money. <laughs> right. So the rest of the movie is him being distracted by trying to fuck a 16-year-old, and them trying to distract the brothers or get them to tell them where the money is. So mm-hmm. the blonde girl's trying to fuck the uh, mentally disabled man. Um, and then Varla tries to fuck Kirk. She is pretty is close. Not- oh, yeah, yeah. She's very close. And she's being all nice and putting the putting all the, all the, the works on him. And it's very working. Uh, Rosie doesn't really have much to do in this movie. Well, because she's in love with Varla, very obviously. Yeah, she's just like kind of pining for Varla, but even in a movie like this in 1965, yeah, it couldn't be. They can't. It can't. It's not really on the nose. It's sort of very underground. Um, so uh, what happens? They uh, <laughs> at the end of the movie. I can't really remember. The girl escapes Var- at some point, and then the the normal brother brings oh, yes. her back, and so then he she's back again, and then I think she just like at some point convinces him that she needs help, and so he gets her out of there. Yes, so I remember now. The little girl, while the old man is being lecherous, runs away. Uh, then that that causes a double chase. <laughs> Uh, Varla and Kirk go to find her and the uh, the dumb son, the vegetable they call him, and the old man go to find her. So they're like both chasing her and the old man and the vegetable get there first. Uh, they try to capture her, but the vegetable has a, a uh, like a conscious, I guess, and he just starts crying and they get to them first and then Kirk and Varla get to her um, but I guess Kirk has a change of heart at some point and is just like, wait a minute, this isn't, this person isn't looking after you. She clearly is just like trying to control you and, uh, switches to the little girl's side and tries to get her out of there while Varla and, uh, Rosie try to chase them down. So then, uh, they run over the old man they run over the um the vegetable the dumb son i feel bad calling him the vegetable it's very sad it's also just not a very accurate uh name for him no he's huge and strong and extremely mobile (laughs) yeah (laughs) importantly he's just feeble-minded as they said um so uh they run him over they kill the old man they kill the the what's his name the vegetable uh yeah 
he has a real name though oh does he not have a real name oh whatever um <laughs> dennis bush <laughs> yeah they kill him and then um at a certain point blondie uh billy um is just like oh you killed the vegetable fuck you guys i'm not really interested in hanging out with you anymore and then uh varla just throws a knife at her back and kills her for no 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 they don't kill the vegetable yet um no no no, the girl the billy yeah but she's mad that they killed the um the old man maybe I don't remember. I don't why remember she... what order this shit happens in, but she definitely doesn't die. Uh, she dies before the vegetable because the vegetable pulls the knife out of her and then stabs. You are cor- uh, Rosie. Stabs Rosie with it. You are correct. Uh, according to the Wikipedia synopsis, it says that uh, <laughs> Varla is saying we should kill the uh, everybody and the girl, and and that's it. We should kill everybody. And Billy's like, no, <laughs> fuck all this. <laughs> She walks away. Right. Varla throws the knife into her back, and then, um, and then Rosie and Varla hit the old man with the car, and then Rosie stabs, and then Varla tries to run over the vegetable, but he's too strong, um, and then she drives off in the truck, and then Kirk takes the little girl, uh, and then they run over Varla. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of the movie. So lots of running over people. Lots, lots of, of running people over. No guns. It's, it's, basic, it's basically one long action sequence after that. Very boring action, but like action sequences. Yeah. Um, it's just people getting power. So every, basically everybody but Kirk and Linda, the little girl, end up dead. Um, and they get away. And I get, you know, ideally they... He gets her help and drives her back to her parents. Oh, they ideally they fall in love or something. No, no. <laughs> he he seems like a good the only good person in this movie. Yeah. Uh he's just like trying to figure out what is the right thing to do and who to help and then he finally is like this is the only innocent in the movie. I'm going to help her and he drives her away. So that's the movie. Um the <laughs> The experience of watching this movie is better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, it does move. The The dialogue is funny and, and weird um, and not stilted and boring most of the time. Like, there are some scenes that are just like, why are we watching this? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the lunch scene yeah yeah, yeah. uh just went on for so long i'm sure it was only like a five minute scene but it felt so superfluous and i wasn't sure what the stakes were what anyone was trying to do there's definitely stuff in here that just like is boring but for the most part it's only 83 minutes long um it's very short Mm -hmm. um and you kind of just like once they get going and you're like okay they're trying to find the money that's what the whole movie is. They're just trying to find the money. Then it's kind of watchable. Um, yeah. And, and and there's just like really funny like dialogue stuff. There's really shitty dialogue stuff um, that's funny because it's so shitty. Uh, a personal favorite of mine is I think it's when she's talking to the um, when she's talking to the guy at the beginning after the road race. And he's like, I don't know what your point is. And she's like, the point is of no return. And you've reached yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
that was very funny. That's a really good um, one. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie. Um, and there's a lot of uh, very quotable lines that I've, I, th- I feel like I've heard people say uh, that are like sort of inside jokes among the kind of person who really likes this movie. Um, and so it's it's watchable, I will say. Um, my feeling watching this movie was the thing I was really confused about is why anyone cares about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like we said at the beginning of the episode, this is a very like poorly recorded black metal record. Um, cause I was trying to put myself in the, um, in the shoes of somebody who watched this movie in high school. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I had seen this movie in high school, uh, I think it might've had a, a very intense effect on me. <laughs> uh, like they are like Varla is cool. Like yes. you can easily imagine, you know, a high school age girl who is like already kind of goth or, you know, into weird stuff watching this movie and being like, I want to be that person. Yeah. I like, want to be this, mean to people and have big fat titties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This movie creates rockabillies. Mm-hmm. That this movie is where rockabillies came from. Yeah. Like as far as I can tell, this is like I was just watching this movie and a lot of pieces were falling into place of like people I've known throughout the years, the way they style themselves with the eyebrows. Yes, and the, the eyebrows. Uh-huh. <laughs> she has like kabuki drawn on eyebrows, um, the boots and she's wearing all black and she's really rough and kind of bitchy. Um, this whole kind of vibe is a type of person. Um, and I don't think that kind of person is like a good kind of person. And for that reason, I cannot recommend this mm. movie because it makes rockabilly. I was going to say the other, the other thing that this makes though is um, John Waters. John Waters cites this as he loves. He, he this says movie. this is the most perfect movie ever made and possibly that ever will be made. And I think it's I I wrote uh, my short little letterboxd <laughs> review of this is that it's like what a gay man thinks turns on straight guys. And I really think yeah. honestly, like if you, no, you you forgot the best part of your oh review, and, and which buddy, is... it's working. <laughs> <laughs> buddy, you got you me. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that got me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that. Um, I think that if you are a teenage gay man and you saw this, I bet you fucking went wild. Because the other kind of person <laughs> that this creates is drag queens. I really do think that there's like a oh, big okay. time drag root in this. Um, Interesting. From like the like buxom, you know, giant titty, like like one liner shooting off sort of character. Um yeah. I think that's definitely uh, where a lot of that sort of culture like finds its roots is in is in this sort of like sexploitation 60s movie. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And so I think that there is good stuff that comes from this. I still don't think I would necessarily recommend it. I kind of think you could probably find a YouTube like best of sort of clip thing. Uh, and, so, and, and, so I guess like the thing about it is like it is the best thing I can say about it is that it's watchable. Like it's it's not good by any means. Like I was surprised that it was it was uh I was enjoying like I was not bored and I wasn't repulsed. It was just sort of a normal action y 
movie with like quips or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like the I, the bar was just so low of my expectations that I was sort of impressed. <laughs> but like the movie isn't scary. It's not exciting. And I mean, as pornography, like yeah, the girls are hot, but it's like there's but no yeah. nudity or whatever. Can't like stress I don't... this enough, folks. <laughs> you do not see it. <laughs> <laughs> no boobs. No boobs. Not uh, even one. No, no, no nipples. Not one. Uh, they really hide it, which is weird because like they they have excuses to make them take showers in the water or whatever. Yeah, and you see like, their backs they... a lot. <laughs> yeah. Why are you hiding titties? That's a it's a that I deserve. I thought he, I thought he was. <laughs> I'm king watching of the your nu- movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was king of the nudies. I don't know. Yeah. Um, not king of the backies. Not king of the backies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's wild. It's it's a movie that is... I, it. The best thing I can say for it is that I didn't get too bored. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like importance, this is like like a bad black metal movie where it's like i guess i see how other stupid movies got influenced by it yeah but like while like i'm just like i find john waters kind of fascinating but like i don't really think anyone needs to watch those movies no like (laughs) that like when I was really young, I was like interested in like pushing the limits of decency or whatever, you know, like what is it to like questioning morality and, and the straight world or whatever. But it's like, who cares? Like that? I don't get, <laughs> I don't think John Waters is saying anything particularly interesting or, or it's just a sort of weird kind of fun that you're going to find if you like that kind of thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so to it a general audience i find this movie barely functioning uh and i think the kind of person who would be influenced by it like should probably avoid it like there's you're not going to become a better person by being like (laughs) (laughs) you know like by introducing a high schooler to varla Uh like either way you're going to become just a sassy bitch. <laughs> it's it's feeding into the, your worst instincts, I think. So, I I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of fun, uh, but I also can't recommend it. Yeah, that's that's how I feel as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it doesn't like make me want. What's really crazy is it just doesn't make me want to watch anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like man. I gotta see, search out more. Like it's hard to put myself in the in the shoes of somebody who's like watching this and then being like, I gotta see more exploitation. It's the <laughs> same thing that happened last week. I like I you know, after Coonskin and I was like I like looked up the the director guy and I saw that he made like Fritz the Cat and I was like, Oh, I've heard about Fritz the Cat. Um yeah. and I know that it's like like there's like nudity and sex and stuff in it and whatever, and I was like Maybe I'll check that out. And then I was like, <laughs> just kidding. No. <laughs> psych. <laughs> Big time self psych, dude. <laughs> Why would I watch Why that? Why would I actually? watch that? I downloaded it and I watched like the first like 30 seconds of it. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have seen that movie on film. I, r- I ran oh, that really? movie on film. Uh, and it was, 
you know, really cool to see the animation, but it's not really worth watching. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like a lot of that, I feel that way about a lot of this stuff. Um, it's going to be fun to next week to see a movie that uh, I know I, I like because it's a parody of this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen parts of it, maybe most of it, but only on TV. I think I've seen this movie on TV. They used to play it on like Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about I'm Gonna Get You Sucker a lot it's very funny or it was when i was a kid yeah i don't think i know um, anything about it oh it's like damon wayne's first movie so it's like the scary movie guy's first movie you know oh that um wait which wayne's the guy who directs the first scary movies damon right? wayne's damon... no it's not damon wayne's is keenan it... ivory keenan keenan ivory sorry sorry D- damon, damon is, is in, in it, it, it looks think. like yeah yeah but yeah damon wayne's never was in any of the scary movies he wasn't. No. Oh, just Marlon. No, Damon Wayans is older than them. Right. Oh, it's um, the one that has um, Chris Rock with the like, how much for a rib? That's exactly correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a funny movie, um, and uh, I'm excited to watch a movie that's sort of commentating on 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 black exploitation mm-hmm. because I like I said the. Superfly stuff, sweet sweetbacks, badass song. It's just so hard to actually watch. Like they're very academic. Like it's a time and a place of people making stuff on very low budgets for for you know, like really, micro audiences in like small areas. Yeah, it's actually really interesting because it's functionally like they're all grifts. Mm-hmm. Like it would be like going back thirty years from, or you know, forty years from now, and like watching like early YouTube, like when monetization first started, just like whatever kind of bullshit they could just like, like Fred or whatever, or like, <laughs> you know, and, I, and like, yeah, I guess it's like I was gonna say it's like, um, it's like if there became sort of like a, um, like a later. Uh, like genre of journalism or just like online content writing that is like like commenting and also like worshiping the idea of putting stuff in a gallery <laughs> you know what I mean like like uh-huh. a top 10 whatever thing and you have to click through every time to get to it so they could show you a different ad on each one right it's like it's like fetishizing a really sleazy trick to get people's money <laughs> yeah uh-huh. um and i and, you know while quinn tarantino did interesting things with it it's not like something good that is in itself something worth caring about I right think. yeah um some of this stuff will be um i think coonskin is something that is worth caring about on its own even though for all of its extremely intense flaws. <laughs> uh, but that is at least interesting. Mm-hmm. This, this I think, for me, just feels like the gallery click-through. Like, I'm aware you wanted me to go see this because it's got big titty goth girl in it. And that's it. <laughs> like, you didn't have any other anything else to say yeah, I mean, about you your knew, culture. You knew that I was... I was- getting a ticket for this exclusively because i thought i was going to see them naked at some point <laughs> and, and i'm waiting until that. the end of the movie 
and I'm not seeing it, and I'm leaving <laughs> saying, well, I guess I didn't spend that much money. <laughs> it's only 15 cents because it's 1965. <laughs> yeah. It was only a nickel. <laughs> it's only a nickel. I watched it through I... a little goggles on a machine. <laughs> Imagine if they made feature-length movies in Nickelodeon. Yeah, the Grindhouse Nickelodeon. <laughs> you go in a booth and just hunch over. You're yeah. right, you're in Times Square in the '70s, just looking into Nickelodeons, and like pimpsers walking by and just like pickpocketing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yoink, yoink, yoink! Because everyone has their pants halfway down anyway. Yeah. Everybody's got their face in the Nickelodeon, just like wow, black titties. <laughs> What do they think of next? (laughs) (laughs) They make them black now, huh? (laughs) What a world. (laughs) This truly is the modern world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. My $3 that I was going to buy dinner with. $3. That was my whole week's wage. (laughs) I was saving up for a $7 house. <laughs> that ruffian took my house. <laughs> All right. So next week is going to be I'm going to get you Saka. Uh we will continue <laughs> the um the exploitation series ordered to us by the Dark Council. Until next time, uh thanks for listening. This has been the episode. If you'd like to hear more of our show, please go to patreon.com slash generation loss, where we will talk about a bonus episode every single week, which we've done for so long at this point, you'll get all the backlog. We talk about the movie news, your listener emails, and we will talk about Sopranos for the next three or four months. Um, And then after that, if you are in the Sopranos tier, you get to vote on what show we watch next um, season by season. Um, so you can go there, do that. You can also join the dark council and decide what we're going to watch on the regular episodes. Um, all of that information is over there. You can hang out with us in discord where we play the movie. We're going to talk about on Monday. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen lost pod and follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Pussycat, pussycat, I've got flowers and lots of hours to spend with you. So go and bottle your cute little pussycat nose. Pussycat, pussycat, I love you. Yes, I do. You and your pussycat nose. What's new, pussycat? Whoa!